Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Good morning. Let's stand to our feet. This morning for our call to worship, we are going to sing it. And the words that are in the song are the ones that we say every single morning. So let's stand up and let's do this together. Here we go. Survival 
This is what we believe. You heard your children then. You hear your children now. You are the same God. You are the same. Sing it with us. You answered prayers back then. And you will answer now. You are the same God. That's it. You are the same God. Yeah. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. No matter what you feel, this is the truth. seconds I believe we're gonna have a breakthrough right here say oh God my God say oh God my God I need you Just a few seconds. Could you just extend your hands forward if you feel comfortable to do so? God, I pray for your people right now. I pray that you would remind them, awaken their senses to realize that they're not standing on their own two feet. They're standing on your faithfulness. And God, you were faithful then. You will be faithful now. And you will be faithful tomorrow. I pray that our faith is built on these precepts and not just our feelings. They're built on your precepts. They're built on your truth. They're built on the very foundation of Christ himself. So today, on Christ, this solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise. And all of God's people shouted, amen and amen. Cathedral of Faith, come on, before you're seated, put your hands together. And somebody shout praise. One more time before you see the shout hallelujah. 
Cathedral family, whether you're here on campus or watching online, it is so great to be together today. If this is your first time, my name is Stephanie and I'd like to welcome you to the Cathedral of Faith. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better and share a little bit about us. On the seat backs in front of you, you'll find a card that has a QR code. You can scan that QR code and fill that out digitally or you can turn it over and write on it. With that same QR code, you can send us a prayer request, you can give, you can find out ways to get connected, and if you've recently accepted Jesus into your heart, we want to celebrate you, so fill it out so that we can send you a certificate marking the special moment in your life. It's hard to believe that September is just a few days away. I forgot what I was going to say. It is hard to believe that September is just a couple of days away, and here we have a fun-filled fall plan at Cathedral. I just want to highlight a couple events really quick. Number one, Saturday, September 9th, Life Search is coming to Cathedral. This one-day life-changing event where thousands of local Christians gather to learn why and how to create and multiply financial resources for kingdom impact. Guests include Tim Tebow, Nick Vujicic, and Auntie Anne, not my Auntie Anne, Auntie Anne from Auntie Anne's Pretzels. So make sure you're here and grab your tickets in the lobby. Then September 10th, we welcome Brian Head Welch. He is the lead guitarist and one of the founding members of the top metal rock band, Korn. Come and hear Brian's story from rock star to rock bottom and how he met God along the way. Make sure you're here, invite a friend to hear his comeback story of reconciliation and redemption. This September, we are partnering with Real Options. Real Options is an organization that provides faith-based strategies to anyone impacted by abortion, adoption, infertility, miscarriage, and stillbirth. We're going to offer a Hope Bible study that will begin here in the month of September. For more information, visit the kiosk in the lobby. And then finally, the Ignite Silicon Valley Marriage Conference is coming up on Friday, September 22nd and Saturday, September 23rd. It is our prayer that this conference will position you and your spouse for the marriage God intended. And it is not limited to just married. If you're single, engaged, dating, and you want to learn some phenomenal relational life skills, we'd love to have you join us too. We have some amazing speakers lined up. We have Dr. Gary Chapman. We have Pastor Chris Brown. We have comedian Andrew Stanley. We have Christian and Adrian Dentley, the Gregory's, and our friend John Ortberg. Grab your tickets today in the lobby. As I said, we have a lot of things, and I would love to highlight each and every one of them, but I do need to give Pastor Ken a chance to preach. So I'm going to wrap this up. Please make sure that you are following us on social media, or check our website, or download our app so that you don't miss a single event. I hope you have a great week. Ah, uh, thanks, Stephanie. There are so many great things going on here. We're glad you're here today to experience God's presence, to be in community and family. And there are so many ways that you can do that here at Cathedral of Faith. Yesterday, over 100 men gathered for our monthly men's breakfast. A great food, great fellowship, great encouragement. And if you want to know about things coming up at Cathedral, next weekend, our Connect, Grow, Serve brochure comes out. Make sure you get one because it'll tell you all the ways you can connect and grow and serve. We have breakfast and lunches and small groups and training classes and so many ways you can grow and develop and we're looking forward to sharing all those with you next week. Stephanie mentioned Life Surge. You received a card when you came in. Just a reminder, this is coming up and we're gonna host thousands of people from around the Bay Area. If you would like to be a volunteer that day, you get to come to the conference free. I encourage you to check with Pastor Shelley after service in the foyer. We'd love to have you volunteer and serve our community in this upcoming event. Well, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, we read these words. Keep your, eye, keep your lives free from the love of money. Let me say that again. This is, this is the Bible, okay? <laughs> keep your lives free from the love of money and be, and be, and be with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. Now let me tell you up front, this is not a passage of scripture for rich people. The reality is the people, the, the Hebrews, 
that were reading this were people in persecution and had lost everything. Because this isn't about whether you have a lot of money or a little. Because the reality is there are plenty of people in the Bible who had a lot of money. Having money is not a problem. It's not the having money or the lack of money that's a problem. It's the love of money. And so what he's addressing here is money love. And you can tell if you have money love or not whether you're content. If you're not content, then you got money love. So what this is saying is learn to be content because God says, I'm going to take care of you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's with us. And when we have that love of God and we trust God instead of a money love that trusts money, then what happens is it leads us to gratitude and it leads us to generosity. In fact, I'd like to take that scripture and I've rewritten it for us as a prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray together. Lord, keep my life free from the love of money. May I be content with what I have because you have told me you will never leave me, you will never forsake me. Amen and amen. May that be true for all of us. Amen. And the way you can demonstrate your contentment, your gratitude and generosity is as we bring our tithes and offerings. And you can do that by going online, going to our app. Our ushers coming down the aisles have offering envelopes if you'd like to put something in there. Those of you watching at home, it's great to have you out there. If you want to write out a check and mail it to us or drop by the office, this is how we show contentment, gratitude, and generosity. Well, this weekend, we finished our Cathedral at the Movie Series, and if you haven't yet visited us, I would encourage you immediately after service to make your way to the chapel. This is the last week you can see our immersive experience. It's a great moment for you to have a, a, a great vision of what God's going to do in the future here, so stop by. I'm looking forward to hosting you following the service. It'll be a great moment. As I said, you're about to hear the word of the Lord as we finish this series. And here's Pastor. fastest-growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For Homeland Security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real-world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. So she's gone. Hear that? the sound of freedom. Well, it's a powerful movie. Hello, Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. Today we do wrap up our Cathedral at the Movies series. Uh, film is so much a part of the language of our culture that just about every summer, we take a month and we look at some of the films that have come out, some of the themes in those films, and most importantly, what the Bible has to say about that theme. And this weekend, we wrap up this series by looking at another film based on a true story about a man by the name of Tim Ballard who leaves his job to go uh, fight against the human trafficking 
And, uh, and the key line, one of the key lines, you heard it in the trailer. It is this, God's children are not for sale. Would you say that with me? God's children are not for sale. Say it one more time. God's children are not for sale. Now, of course, we all know that that's true. We know that it's wrong to mistreat uh, children. Even our secular Western culture has laws that prosecute criminals. So we know it's wrong. But did you know this wasn't always the case? If you go back to the first century in the Roman Empire, the care for infants, concern for the welfare of children was, was non-existence. In a sense, when you, the way that they viewed the world was with these concentric circles. This is how paganism viewed the world. Inside here, you had the most important people, the people with the highest value. But once you got out here, you got to the people who had the lowest value, and it was perfectly acceptable, perfectly legal to mistreat, to use and abuse people out on the margins. And guess where the children fell in the worldview? Right out here on the margins. And so children, uh, I mean, Sound of Freedom, there's a lot of people that have gone to see the movie in our day, but if it had come out in the first century, nobody would have gone to see the movie because it wasn't morally wrong to exploit children or mistreat children. It was just a part of the social structure. So what is it that changed? I'll tell you what changed. Jesus showed up. Amen. Jesus showed up on the scene. And Jesus in his life and teaching. Uh, began to, well, talk about the fact that children matter to God and the children are loved by God and the children are made in the image of God. And then Jesus would go on to say these countercultural things like this. Be careful. Don't think these little children are not important. I tell you that these children have angels in heaven and those angels are always with my Father in heaven. He would say things like this. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Or he would say things like this. I tell you, my father in heaven does not want one of these little children to be lost. Jesus would say these countercultural things. And over time, the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus began to spread through the Roman Empire and then spread through history. And people begin to think differently when it comes to children. Laws begin to reflect that thinking that children were valuable before God. So that even in our world, a secular West, in the West, a secular West, we still... No, that God's children are not for sale. And it's a crime to mistreat and exploit children. Even those who aren't people of faith. I, I saw this one interview with a historian. His specialty is the Roman Empire. And he's not a person of faith, but he recognizes that it was the influence of Jesus. This is where he got his own morals and his own values. He writes in one interview, it is why we generally assume that every human life is of equal value. In my morals and ethics, I have learned to accept that I am not Greek or Roman at all, but I am thoroughly and proudly Christian. Amen. See, the influence, yeah. That's how Jesus shaped the world. He elevated the view of children. And so the whole idea of human rights, the whole idea of equal rights, you can trace it back to the life and teaching of Jesus. And that's why we know today, we can say today that God's children are not for sale. Say that with me. God's children are not for sale. And in just a moment, you're going to hear from an organization that we partner with. They're one of the missions that we support 
that is at work in Cambodia rescuing girls out of human trafficking. But before you hear from them, I want to look at an incident that we find in Scripture. It's a dialogue. Jesus and his disciples and children. So would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the Scripture? And the event is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we're going to read from the book of Mark. It goes like this. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was, happy, uh, what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it. Then he took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. And when Jesus blesses you, you are truly blessed. Amen. <laughs> Jesus, we pray that you would bless us today. And I pray that as we walk through these words together, that you would do what only you could do. Take your word, apply it to our lives. Speak to us so this week we can, well, it'll be different because we've met you in this moment. Thank you again, Jesus, for the way that you have elevated children, you've elevated women. Jesus, the world is a better place because you came 2,000 years ago and you're still at work in the world today. So, Lord, bless our time together. For your name and for your glory, we pray this. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Amen. Amen. I am blessed. Say it with me. I am blessed. Before you're seated, tell somebody, you are blessed. Go ahead and do that. When Jesus blesses you, you are truly blessed. Now, there are two things that I want to point out in the, in the passage. And the first thing has to do with children and their worth. Children and their worth. Let's get interactive. Do we have any grandparents in the house? Let me see your hands. Yeah, that's pretty awesome being a grandparent, isn't it? I saw this one boy. He said this. He said, saw it, like it, ask grandpa, got it. That's not about right. And then there's this other baby that's sitting in an engine. And it reads this way. Leave me with grandpa, they said. Best night's sleep I ever had. <laughs> and then finally, there's this one. Here's a candy bar. And says, grandparents, be like one little snack before you go home. <laughs> now, my oldest grandson, he just turned 13. And it's hard to believe because it seems like he was just a little guy when I took him to his very first football game. I took him to his very first Raider game. He was five or six. Now, I, I wanted to take him when he was younger, but my daughter was afraid. She thought at best, I'm gonna get him one of those giant candy bars. At worst, I'm gonna bring him back from the game with a little Raider tattoo on his arm. But I finally convinced her it was safe to, that he could go with me. And we went to the game and we had a blast. He was so into the game. He would, with his little voice, cheer on the Raiders with the rest of the crowd. Raiders. <laughs> and all the fans around us, they were getting such a kick out of him. They were high-fiving him, welcome, welcoming the next generation to uh, the Raider Nation. And I got to thinking about all the different places we take our grandkids to, or we take our kids to. We bring them over here, we bring them over there. The most important place you will ever bring your child to is to bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Jesus made them, he loves them, he died for them. He has a dream for them. 
And the best place to bring your children is to place them in the arms of Jesus. When you bring your children to Jesus, you recognize that your children ultimately do not belong to you. See, in the Roman Empire in the first century, the children were the property of the father. He owned them until they came of age. So he could legally do whatever he wanted to with the children. He could let them live. He could let them die. Archaeologists have found a letter from a soldier to his expectant wife. And this is what he wrote. He said, if it's a boy, let him live. It's if a girl, if it's a girl, cast her out. And it was on a regular basis. Little girls often, most often, will be taken out and abandoned in the woods, left to die or sold into slavery because they were just property and the dad could do with them whatever he wished to. But when we bring our children to God, we recognize that these children don't belong to us. They belong to God. And that he has has a plan and a purpose for these children. And that he's entrusted us to be the parents, to partner with him so that they can discover the dream that he has for their life, that we can hand off our faith to them so they can then carry the ball. That's what we do. We bring our kids to Jesus. I want to give a shout out to our children's ministry, COF Kids, because every week that's what they're doing. They're bringing their children to Jesus. It's awesome. One of my favorite moments each month is when I have the chance to dedicate children. And when I'm dedicating them, I'll never forget, uh, a while back, I'm dedicating a child and then afterwards they were taking pictures. And there's this huge group of people on the stage. And someone pulls me aside and says, you see that big group of people there? I said, yeah. He says, you know why they're all in church today? I said, no, why? He said, you see that little old lady right there? She's the reason. She's the reason all of us are in church today. She was the starting point. She was the tipping point. What did she do? She handed the ball to their kids. They ran with the ball. The kids handed the ball to their kids, and now you had this multi-generational family that were followers of Jesus Christ. That's how you pass on the faith. Amen. Bring them to Jesus. Say that with me. Bring them to Jesus. That's what these parents were doing. They wanted Jesus to pray for them and bless their children. So they're bringing them to Jesus. The disciples, though, I mean, Jesus has a lot of pressure on him. He's very busy. And so the disciples want to protect Jesus. And so what they do is they, well, they scold the parents. They rebuke the parents. I mean, Jesus doesn't have time for children. They're only children. They're just children. You got to be this tall to come and see Jesus. So the disciples scold the parents, and then guess what? Jesus scolds the disciples. The disciples rebuke the parents, and then guess what? Jesus rebukes the disciples. Those disciples, they're just like us, aren't they? Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it really wrong. You can tell a lot about a person by what makes him mad. You can. And Jesus gets mad when he sees the disciples dissing the children, devaluing the children. This is what makes him angry. Because to Jesus, we know from Luke, the children that were being brought were infants and toddlers. But even infants and toddlers, in the eyes of Jesus, have infinite worth. Not because of what they can do, I mean, if you've ever seen an infant, an infant can't do very much. I saw this one baby who said to his parents, said, how do I put this? You will never sleep in again. <laughs> what can infants do? 
Infant can't do very much. They can scream, they can cry, they can sleep, they can eat, they can make dirty diapers, but they can't mow the lawn. They can't clean their room. They can't make their dinner. They cannot do much at all. And perhaps maybe that's why the disciples made a mistake because they tied the value of these children to what they can do. And when you think about it, in our culture, we do the same thing. We tie a person's worth. It's based on what they can do. The only problem is, what if you can't do what you used to be able to do anymore? Then where's your value? Then where's your worth? And that's why there's nothing like finding our worth from the words of Jesus based upon the teaching of Jesus. Because according to Jesus, your worth is not tied to what you do. Your worth is tied to who you are and whose signature you bear. I brought this football from home at home, I keep it in a case. My wife calls it a shrine, I call it a case. And the reason why it's in this case, it's a special football, not because I can throw it, or I can kick it, or I can run with it, it's because of whose signature it bears. If you look right here, it says, to Kenny, best wishes, Joe Montana. I'm not a hater, right? I'm a bridge builder. If you have eyes to see, every single child you run into, they bear a signature. Almighty God. He is their creator. And that's why children have infinite worth placed upon them because God is the one who signed them. In fact, in Mark 10, in another paraphrase, uh, Jesus says this. He says, don't push these children away. Don't ever get between me and them. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. They're not on the margins. Bring them into the center. They matter to God. They're loved by God. They're valued by God. Can we give God praise? We can find our sense of value in something that's deeper than what we can do but it's who we are made in the image of God. And then that brings us finally to the children and their example. Jesus goes even further and he holds them up as an example to follow. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Like a child, say that with me, like, say it again, like a child. Now what does Jesus mean by that? There has to be one wife in here. Right now you're saying, my husband must be a rock star. Because anytime he doesn't get what he wants, he acts just like a two-year-old and throws a tantrum. But is that really what Jesus is talking about? Do you think being childlike means doing this right up here? Let's take a look at this. See what you think. There's a big difference, isn't there, between being childish and being childlike. So how do we get our arms around this idea? Well, I'm going to ask my granddaughter to join me on the stage so we can get our... Yeah, would you give her a great big cathedral welcome? This is my daughter, Lauren. And this is my granddaughter, Audra. Look at here. Hello, baby Audra. Now, what do you notice about Audra? What do you notice right off the bat? Apart from the fact that she's the most beautiful baby you've ever seen in your whole life, what do you notice about Audra? Well, she is totally dependent. I mean, she can't 
feed herself. She can't dress herself. She can't bathe herself. She can't transport herself. She can't support herself. She is totally, completely dependent. Dependent. Say that with me. Dependent. All right. Thank you, Audra. I love you so much. Okay. Thank you so much for helping Grandpa out. I'll start your college fund tomorrow, I promise. All right. <laughs> She's got me right here already. Already. Dependent. Say that with me. Dependent. Jesus points at the infant and says, this is how you're to be with me. Utterly dependent. Absolutely dependent. Completely dependent upon Jesus Christ. Now, on the one hand, it almost seems counterintuitive because we're parents, right? And we raise our kids to be independent. I mean, we want them to one day be able to feed themselves and clothe themselves and bathe themselves and transport themselves. One day, we pray that our young adult children will be able to support themselves. And some of us have been waiting a very long time. Yes, we have. <laughs> I heard an amen somewhere. But Jesus turns the logic on his head and he says, when it comes to your life with God, you were not created to be independent from God. You were created to be utterly dependent upon God. And yet you know how it is. We become independent and we start believing that we've got the whole world in our hands. And we sing, I've got the whole world in my hands. Until in our independence, something happens and reminds us of our utter dependence. We get a bad report from the doctor. We have a child heading down the wrong path. Our financial world crashes and burns. Or we lose someone who's very close to us and we like to pretend. Well, we pretend we're in control, but we're confronted with fact that control is an illusion. Oh, I have everything under control, Pastor Ken. I really do. I really do. <laughs> and then life happens and we remember, I don't have the whole world in my hands. Only God has the whole world in his hands. And I put my trust and my confidence in him. Being utterly dependent, utterly reliant, walking in humility. The, the disciples once asked Jesus, who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time when it comes to being a disciple, when it comes to being in the kingdom of God? And Jesus, out of all the things he could have done, he pulls up a child. And listen to what he says. Jesus called the little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn away from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let me ask you a question. Was the reason God brought you to church today was to remind you that you don't have the whole world in your hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. And there's nothing you can do to earn his salvation, to earn his grace, to earn his blessing. What did these infants do to earn their blessing? They didn't do anything. All they could do is receive it. And in the same way, we come to Christ, like the old hymn says, Rock of Ages, it says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. That we come to Jesus utterly dependent today upon him and his mercy and his grace and his great love for us. We walk away from our independence and we re-acknowledge our utter dependence and Jesus took those children in his arms and he put his hands on their head and he blessed them 
And when Jesus blesses you, you are truly blessed. You are truly blessed. Let's give God praise. Amen. I'm going to ask our very special guest, Matt Robertson, to join me on the platform. And Matt works for an organization called AIM, and they're in Cambodia rescuing children from human trafficking, and they really are bringing children to Jesus, helping them find freedom. Matt, oh, buddy, we're so grateful to be partnering with you in the great work you're doing. Tell us what's happening over in Cambodia. Yeah, first of all, just wanna celebrate with you guys, whether you know it or not, you have been supporting the ongoing rescue and restoration, healing, and empowerment of girls and women who were once caught in sex trafficking. To date, in Cambodia, we've rescued over 1,650 girls and women. And along with that, we've been able to arrest and put in prison 550 traffickers. But for us, it goes beyond the rescue. It goes beyond just helping to instill value and worth and, and help them to heal and recover because we believe their spiritual freedom is even more important than their physical freedom. And we're working in the culture to help reset the values that unfortunately in Cambodia, women and children are not always valued. They have a saying in Cambodia that men are gold, but women are cloth. And what happens when that cloth is torn or soiled, it's discarded, like a lot of lives are being discarded today. But we are working hard to instill the love and the joy and the peace and the value that God's, God places in us onto others. And one of the ways that we do that is after our SWAT team goes in and, and kicks down the doors and rescues these girls, they go to a restoration home, a safe place where they can experience the unconditional love of God. They can, they can receive healing and counseling and support. But one of the very first things we do is we throw them a princess party. Amen. We put a tiara on their head because we want them to know that they are a loved, valued, cherished daughter of the King of Kings Amen. and the Lord of Lords. Amen. They may not yet know this King, but they will get to know the King, our King, yes. through the unconditional love and support of our staff who sticks with them even when they fight back. And we continue to show that value to them by not only providing healing and restoration for them, but also when they're old enough, we give them life skills and job skills yeah. so they can have a job, have employment. And many of those, we have over 100 that are now working with us in our employment center, making clothing, jewelry, bracelets, handbags like this shirt, and the ones that we have for sale out in the amphitheater. I encourage you to check that out. Those are all made by a survivor, signed by the girl who made it. So we're working hard to instill that value, but we all have to work harder and pray for the men and the families in that culture, in cultures like that, that they would begin to see and instill the value, the value that God places in us. In 2 Corinthians, sorry, Philippians chapter two, verses three to four, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So I pray that each and every one of us will walk that out in our lives and that we will pray that others will begin to do that as well so that girls and women aren't discarded, but they are loved and valued, cherished, as daughters of the king that they are. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you so much to be a part. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
I'm going to invite you to stand with me, please, wherever you're at. Um, Vaughn and Jessica are going to come sing in just a moment. But to prepare our hearts, I, I invite you. We're going to also receive communion. If you need elements, raise your hands and the ushers will serve you. I invite you with me to just realign yourself and trust in Jesus like a little child. If you're comfortable doing it, you may want to reach up your hands like a child reaches up to be picked up by the Father. Wherever you're at, whatever your journey is, Jesus is present in this moment and he can meet you. Know how valuable you are, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. Own that today. Jesus, thank you for loving us like you do. Our trust and confidence is not in ourselves. Lord, the only way we can do anything that lasts for eternity and has a significant impact for the kingdom is because of you. So once more, we, we put our full weight upon you, Jesus, and your work at the cross of Calvary. Take us by the hand. Lead us forward, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Pastor Vaughn. Every time I tried to make it on my own, every time I tried to stand and start to fall, those lonely roads that I have traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it. In the healing, in the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it. It was Jesus. For this girl.
elements. Jesus, we love you. It's all about you. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so today we once more acknowledge our absolute trust and dependence upon you. Let's eat of the bread of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Let's drink now of the cup of Christ. And let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer you'll ever pray, the Lord's Prayer. Let's say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for blessing us. I am blessed. Say it with me. I am blessed. Just a couple of quick things. Amen. I love it. Leave with that in your spirit. Just a couple quick things. First of all, if you need prayer, our team will be down here after service to pray with you and to pray for you. And then if you haven't yet seen our immersive experience, go by the chapel right after service and check it out. It only takes a couple minutes. I think you'll really enjoy it. And then out in the amphitheater, remember we've got uh, AIM, the, the, the products that the girls have made, it's out there along, there's, a ta there's taco trucks, there's food out there. So it's just a great, it's a great opportunity to go by and be a support to what's going on, to the work of the kingdom over in Cambodia. And in fact, we're gonna be taking a missions trip to Cambodia next August. So if you're interested in that, please give us a call at the church. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Peace upon you and your children and your grandchildren and the children in Cambodia. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray this. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go. Have an awesome day.